the Formula Spy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Formula Spy Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Parker, and I'm joined by two of Formula Spy's finest. The first is a man who once called Spa Francochamps a bit hilly. It's Thomas Ma. Hello, Frank. How's it going? I'm okay. And uh, joining him is the man who can change a single tyre in just under 20 minutes. It's Aaron Day. Hi, Frank. How are we doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. So, it was the British Grand Prix, and it was an absolute copper-bottom belter of a race. Uh, Lewis Hamilton won from uh, Valtteri Bottas, and young Charles Leclerc come in second place. So, there was action up and down. For that, yeah, yeah, well done, Tom. <laughs> Already past one of the many tests that I will be giving you throughout this podcast. Yeah, I've already justified my existence here, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, you can go now. Um, <laughs> so um, F1's on a on a bit of a roll lately. Uh, we've had a couple of good races, and lads, you you went to Silverstone at the weekend to cover the race for the website, and it was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? It was. Um... It was just fantastic yes. weekend, uh, both from a journalism perspective and also from a fan perspective. We had a great racing, um, on, thrilling on-track battles. It was just a fantastic spectacle. And I think it's one of those things that basically when you return to racetracks that actually allow for racing, um, you see what went down at Silverstone. We see what went down at Austria. You know, they're the kind of tracks we need to be uh, focusing on. And uh, Aaron, you you spent a bit bit of time trackside. Um, there's been some resurfacing. Um, could you could you tell? Yeah, it was um, it, it was still a bit bumpy. You could you could still see where uh, the 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 plank was still hitting the ground, so you could still see it was it was bumpy a bit. Um, but yeah, it looked fine. The cars looked stable. Someone, I think who was it was Hamilton that was complaining that was still bumpy and. Yeah, from from a visual point of view, I couldn't notice any difference. It looked it looked fine to me. Okay, and um, you know, it was. I think the the opening sort of uh, of the race was was probably the most exciting bit. I didn't sit down until around lap ten, but um, we saw a good battle between Lewis and Bottas, which was uh, where Lewis got ahead on lap four, and then Bottas got him again around the outside of um, the uh, the old turn one. Is that right? Yeah, run through cups. Yeah, the battle there between where they went down the Wellingtons. To be honest, right from the start, it looked as though Hamilton was the quicker car. He was able to shadow Valtteri um, throughout the opening laps. And then once the DRS was enabled, he was straight onto the back of the other Merck. And then, of course, there was the challenge into Brooklands. And uh, he actually got ahead of Bottas. And I thought it was great the fact that um, Valtteri then was able to regroup coming out of Woodcote and line him back up again, and then go back up the inside into Cops and take the position back. It was just brilliant racing. And uh, Valdry drove brilliantly. But, again, you know, there's a little bit of luck involved in, in everything to do with Formula 1, really. Lewis got lucky in that there was the timing of the safety car, but he put himself in the position in the first place where if something was to happen on track, the one stop would be opened up to him. And, uh, you know, sometimes you make your own look. And on this occasion, I think Lewis made his own look in the battle with Valtteri. So what do you guys think about him uh, not coming into the pits when Mercedes asked him to? And it, it sort of vindicated the decision in a way because he set the fastest lap on the last lap on old 
hard compound tires. Yeah. He, do, he he does seem to be lucky a lot of the time, you know. There's always that thing of, like, something will happen that will allow Hamilton to win the race. Something always happens. He's, he's, but he's always there. He's hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Yeah, as I said, though, it's it's like you do make your own luck. And Hamilton's pace on the opening... <clears throat> through the opening stint, and especially once Valtteri pitted. Uh, Hamilton's pace was still excellent. Valtteri on the new tyres wasn't exactly reeling him in that fast. So um, Hamilton looked committed to the one-stop anyway. So, you know, it would have been difficult for Valtteri to win with the pace he showed anyway. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the race, he was really harrowing, harrying um, Bottas. And I know um, current Formula 1 cars are quite difficult to follow each other. So it's equally as impressive the fact that he was able to sort of not bully Valtteri, but put him under a lot of pressure, especially in those first few laps. Yeah, but we can, we can say we can say that as well about the Red Bull and the Ferrari with Verstappen and, and Charles. They were following each other for I don't know how many laps it was, mm. and then when Gasly got involved as well, I don't know. It's it's all a mix. Kind of people are saying, "Oh yeah, we can't follow the cars are overheating," and then we get a race like this where what it was at least, it has to be at least what 10, 12 laps where it was full tilt. For all those twelve laps, yeah, you know, but the the two Red Bulls did look consistently faster than the two Ferraris, basically on track. There was always like a Red Bull heart harassing a Ferrari, and not really so much the other way around. One once we saw kind of Verstappen clear Leclerc, that that was kind of the end of it. Like Leclerc was kind of dropped away, mm. um, especially after the pit stop and everything like that. So, you know, I, I think the Red Bull on this occasion was the faster car. Ferrari didn't look as stable, particularly to the faster sweeps. And um, yeah, I, I think it was very obvious that once Verstappen kind of got clear, he would have been on, I think, to, to wrestle away third place and maybe even set off after Bottas. But of course, we all know what happened then with between himself and um, and Sebastian. Well, um, I'd like to move on to Leclerc and Verstappen, if possible, because they were having some good tussles on track, and um, Leclerc must have. Well, he did say he'd sort of learned from from Austria. Um, so I don't. I don't think it was learned. I think said had enough with the crap and said, "Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna wheel to wheel." <laughs> well, do you think we're witnessing? The sort of the beginnings of a fascinating rivalry. I know they've they've got they go way back, but do you think in the future this is going to be a sort of a, a rivalry to match Schumacher, Hakkinen, or Prost and Senna, or, or what, what do you guys think? It's it's hard to tell really because like over the last fifteen years or so, we've seen all these these people come in where you think there's going to be an epic rivalry. And then, you know, it, it, it only lasts maybe for a year or two. You don't get a, a kind of extended, like, remember the Raikkonen versus Alonso. It, that mm. was supposed to be like the generational fight after uh, after Schumacher. And, you know, it never really right. kind of happened that Raikkonen and Alonso went head to head, apart from maybe 2005 and 2007, you can argue. <clears throat> Raikkonen, you know, it was actually Hamilton versus Alonso and then Raikkonen snuck in to steal it at the end. But Hamilton or Verstappen versus Leclerc, yeah, it's they're both showing the talent, the, the, the huge amounts of talent that they both have. Uh, Red Bull look like they're the the switch to Honda is after benefiting them massively, and it looks like they're going to become, you know, a serious player again right up at the front, especially with this new upgrade that they've got coming. And 
Ferrari, though, Ferrari is the question mark because Ferrari have been there or thereabouts for the last 10 years, but they're not winning. They're not the number one team. And, you know, will will Charles get frustrated early on in his career if Ferrari continue to perform at the level they're at? I don't know, but uh, where, where can he go? He's a Ferrari Academy driver. And... I, I don't see any seats. Aaron, do you see any seats coming up at Mercedes in the near future, in the next two, three years? Uh, I don't know. I don't think Bot has to be hanging around much longer. And then you have to ask the question about Hamilton. You know, if he does win this year and if he wins it early in the season, you have to ask the question, would he just keep doing for the sake of doing it? Will Mercedes be competitive when the new rule changes come in? You know, there's so many different things we could go on and debate about we got the regulation change we've got you know uh, different teams trying different things i don't know you know i think mercedes has, has just been mercedes for the last couple of years they've, they've been the ones that have had the better package overall ferrari brought brought a better package last year i think at the start of the year hmm. but then you know as we all know it kind of went down down the creek Went went down south and then uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, you know, and then down and then, the creek. Down the creek. I was gonna say shit's creek, but then I had to think about it. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I want to talk. I want to talk Haas. Okay. I think <laughs> I want to talk about some Haas. So um, I they collided at the start of the race, and um, I, I believe Gunter Steiner was absolutely furious. We were both at the uh, the interview after the race, and uh, to say he was furious is like an understatement. I think uh, I think he wanted to leave that track ASAP. He, he he wasn't going around shouting and rolling around like that. He was still kind of joking, and uh, he he was kind of still joking with the journalists and all. But the, you you know that kind of quiet fury that you can see in someone. He was sitting there and he was basically kind of going, "No, they sat there. I told them." <laughs> it was it was just like. Oh, oh! I don't. I'm yeah, so it, glad it, I'm not the one he's mad with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he, even, 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 even he said, "I need a, I need to cool down. I need to give me a few days to cool down because at the moment, I could. He, he was like, I would kill someone right now. Was was the vibe we're getting? Yeah, you should have said to him, "Look, just drink some rich energy, <laughs> group, and you'll be fine." I was the first. I was the first thing he said. He said the first thing. I don't want to know about rich, rich energy. I don't want to care what you guys are bringing about rich energy. <laughs> that was the very first thing. He um. The, the the Grosjean Magnussen incident, though, I thought it was so minor. Like the the contact was basically tire to tire. Uh, there was it, it was such a light touch. But it, mm. it ruined the two of them. Oh well. Do, do we who do, do, who who was at fault? Do we think? I I I I don't think anyone was at fault. But if I was to to blame someone, I would say Grosjean kind of did force Magnussen out wide. But it's so mm. so like minor. Yeah, but why was Magnussen there in the first place, trying around the outside of a corner where like, we've seen incidents there in the past? So I think Magnussen was forcing the issue and then Grosjean squeezed him. I think they're both equally to blame, really, in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same, and you don't do that to you, especially your teammate. Yeah. That's the first rule, isn't yeah. it? You yeah. know? So, But um, there's been some rumours circulating. I don't know whether we want to talk about rumours, do we? No, but, um, I, I think uh, it's a big rumour. I know what you're going to bring up. Oh, oh! somebody's been putting on their uh, 
special telekinesis hat. <laughs> um, <laughs> on, I'm um, gonna put my I'm putting my my uh, my hands to my head. I'm going rumors, rumors. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's this big speculation that Esteban Ocon is lined up to replace one of the Haas drivers, and also there's speculation that Roman Grosjean is moving to Formula E. So obviously, I, I I don't know what to make of the rumor because obviously there is a there is a place open now in Formula E at a good team like the Cheetah have been fairly competitive now over the last two years. Jean Eric Fern has won the title with them twice now in a row, and you, you know I think moving alongside, especially to the the, the kind of French team as well, DS to Cheetah and all, uh, I I think it'd be. It wouldn't be a terrible move for Roman to move to Formula E. Um, unfortunately, it will do nothing for the reputation of Formula E uh, for being kind of like a place for F1 rejects. But, you know, I think after last year, Roman's kind of been on borrowed time anyway. Do you not think his form's dipped? He showed sign of, signs of brightness throughout his career, but he's never really put a full package together. That's what I think. He's never been hugely consistent. He can be brilliant on his day. I think he's one of the fastest drivers on the grid when he can hook it all up. but. You know, he just he seems to be just in too many incidents, too many times. Like that pit lane spin on Friday was was just <laughs> silly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we're. Uh, uh, I'm just thinking back to last last year in Spain, where you know we saw some of the mechanics. Oh, yeah. oh Grosjean's not going to make it around turn oh, one, yeah. and then turn two, he spins it around like he, it's. it's it's more predictable now, and so we're going. We're going to Germany next, you know. And we'll, we'll hey, Grosjean be there, and if he is there, you know, when is he going to spin it? When is he going to bin it? When's it going into the barrier? Will he get a good weekend? He's one of uh, those drivers that when you see him do something silly, people just laugh because it's expected <laughs> at this stage. I as opposed believe. to like, like when you think when you hear the name Grosjean, the first thing that comes to my head is Ericsson. <laughs> oh yeah, the the, the Ericsson blame, and of course the spa crash that you know he went away. And in fairness to him, he went away and he grew regrouped really well from that back in 2012. And I think he's been a solid midfield driver. But is he ever going to be one of the sports greats? No, he's not. Uh, at this point in his career, he's just not going to be. So what it has to lose by you know kind of taking a chance now and maybe slotting Ocon into the seat. Yeah, I think Grosjean's phone's dipped since he released that that cookbook. Oh, right. I so, don't so, know what cookbook that is. No, <laughs> he, he, he wrote, I'm sure he released a cookbook. It was a French cookbook. I'm, I'm just going to Google here, Roman Grosjean oh, cookbook. Oh. oh, wow, he does have a book with his wife. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> he does. No way. Yeah. Married when was it released? Uh, 20, uh, it doesn't actually say, but 164 pages. And I love the description. It says, does a Formula One driver know anything about gastronomy? <laughs> I don't know. They just get good food, don't they? In the motorhome. <laughs> I, just, I just Googled Grosjean and cooking, and the very first thing that comes up is Roman Grosjean almost quit racing for cookery. I, I, in, now, nowadays, in hindsight, maybe he should have done that. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, there's a pattern. So if we can find out when the book was released, we can find out when it's formed. <laughs> I love the fact that the, um, the, the description goes on to say, the perspective of his wife, Marion Hollis Grosjean, will enlighten you with tenderness about daily recipes. <laughs> from her loving husband this isn't slagging them it's 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 brilliant it's uh oh yeah and the book is from um october 2017 
It was just, I, I remember I was talking to one of the guys from Dutch, I won't say which Dutch media, but one of the Dutch media, while we were waiting for the outcome of the Leclerc Verstappen decision at the end of Aus- at the Austrian Grand Prix, this guy who I was in the lift with just said to me, "Have you? has there been a decision yet? And I said, no. And he said, if, uh, if Max loses the win, Holland will tear Austria apart. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> They're such a meek and mild race, but when you when you put them in a car or get them in a, a racetrack, they're animals. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's just automatically go. Yeah, Vettel's at fault and move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was because he got a penalty. But yeah, I just want to. He was completely at fault. But I just want to. I, I just want to talk about um, just for a minute. If we can just break it down and be a bit serious for a minute. Lap thirty-eight, Verstappen gets Vettel. But then Vettel tries to get him back, mistimes his braking and just rear ends poor poor Max right up the diffuser. And do we think that Vettel's just sort of did he have a brain fart? Did he did he lock up? He said what it was. He was changing he was changing some brake settings and just missed what was it? He just kind of broke too late. It's it's mm. not the first mistake we've seen from Vettel, but at the same time, it's not the first time we've seen Verstappen getting rammed from behind either. Oh, I don't want to know, uh, please. Yeah. <laughs> and normally, normally it's not for stopping being rammed from behind, but for stopping doing the ramming. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> man, a man of many talents. Well, like we saw, uh, we saw last year Daniel Ricciardo into the back of him. Yeah. This year we see Vettel into the back of him, and you know, at at the start of his career, Verstappen got in a lot of um, he he drew a lot of flack from the other drivers, more experienced drivers, because of you know the way he defended and he was all over the road and all. On this occasion, I don't think Max really did anything wrong. I I don't. No. There was nothing unpredictable about his movements at all, and Vettel just you know misjudged his braking, slammed straight into the back of him, and it was all all just on Vettel, in my opinion. But Aaron, what, what do you think this means for Vettel going forward? I know he's contracted for twenty uh, twenty. Is that right? He's got one more year. He's got. He's got right? another. He got another year with Ferrari. But um, yeah. So what do you think? Do you think his head's in it? What? what? He's so. So, he he's, to... so supposedly he's got married during one of the races. Not Canada where he he got After married. Canada, yeah. yeah. Mm. So does his brain now say right? Enough is enough. I'm going to try settle down. Get get the lawnmower out of the shed and cut the grass. As he says, he normally does, and or build a couple of bikes. You know, I don't know. I think, I think he's, 
his best days his best days are gone. He just looks a little bit lost. He just yeah. looks a little bit lost at Ferrari. Now I know Ferrari aren't exactly you know number one at the moment, but you know he's not leading the team decisively. And no. you know apparently the the latest updates to the Ferrari have made the car more nervous and everything. It reminds me of you know in two thousand and eight when Raikkonen was supposedly number one against Massa, and the updates and everything just went completely against Massa or uh, mm. against Raikkonen and went in Massa's favor. I think it's kind of along those lines. Charles seems to have come in, and even though Vettel is the supposed number one and should be leading the team, the development's getting away from, him, and maybe the team is getting away from him. He just hasn't looked the same since that German uh, cr- uh, German crashing out of Germany last year. So, like, here's a hypothetical for you: say he leaves Ferrari, would you, what? How excited would you both be for him joining, say, Mercedes with Hamilton? Would you? Th- would that be explosive? Uh, do, do, do we think? Do we think Bottas is going to be gone by the end of the year? Like he is second in the championship. I don't think Bottas is going anywhere. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going. I think. I think he's doing a good enough job that he's there. The team is getting the points for the constructors. He's second in, in the drivers with a good distance to third place. And if the Ferraris keep swapping the way they are, and the Red Bulls now starting to get into the mix, they might pull away, and Bottas will have a, a good second place. And Mercedes will just go. Do you know what? Let's just keep him for another year because he's he's just doing a good enough job. I'd be thrilled to see Vettel join Mercedes alongside Hamilton simply because I think, you know, it's very easy to look brilliant when you're in the best car. And Bottas is consistently coming home in P2. And, you know, as good as Bottas is, does anyone really think he's that much better than Vettel and Verstappen? The Mercedes is clearly the best car. So if you were to slot Vettel into that car as well, how close to Hamilton's form would he be able to perform? Yeah, I think we have another another thing at hand here is you have Lewis Hamilton, who, as we've just seen in the last Grand Prix, disobeyed team orders. We've had Vettel, who has clearly disobeyed orders in Red Bull. Wait, what team orders did Hamilton disobey? He, the team wanted him to... Oh, the, the come in the pits? Come into the pits. and they. Oh, yeah, 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 towards the end. So you you got two drivers that are doing the same questioning the team. Surely that won't be good for the team where you got... You know, just think of the long. The team need to get the constructor points, and it's it's a team sport. If you add Vettel into the mix with Hamilton, which are two kind of, I don't really care what the team want. I just want to win. It's going to be great for the visually for the sport and for fans. But for Mercedes, well, did they want that? Did they want to have two drivers that are like fighting against each other that way? And I don't know. I don't think Mercedes would do that. I think they'd keep it safe at Bottas as a number two. Yeah, he's a safe, safe power hand. I think, I think yeah. it's more likely. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're they're what they're one hundred and sixty points in front, Mercedes at this stage already. Oh, it's, it's something ridiculous. Hang on, I'll just uh, do a very quick check of that. Uh, hang on, hang on. Uh, yes, it is one hundred and sixty points exactly ahead. No, sorry, I've got that wrong. One hundred and sixty-four. Wow, that that's that's incredible. I've seen constructor championships won on their deficit. Yeah, Mercedes are on four hundred and seven with, with Ferrari at two hundred and forty three with Red Bull at one ninety one. So Ferrari need to start thinking about Red Bull in third at their form right now. You know, that's why I think Mercedes are going to be like, you know, what we've got this wrapped up. Let's just let you know what's what's the difference between the drivers. I know Lewis is in front. Uh, well, Lewis is a hundred points ahead of Vettel anyway. 
Um, but yeah, just to go back there to what Red Bull and looking back at Red Bull from Ferrari's perspective, if they had two Verstappens driving, they'd be miles ahead of Ferrari by this point. And it's well, all have Max and Yoss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they had two Verstappens rather than Verstappen and an underperforming Gasly. Now, I'm glad Gasly seems to have picked up the pace in Silverstone, but he has been underperforming. And if Verstappen and Gasly uh, had been as potent a team as they could have been, they would be ahead of Friday right now. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. How about you, Aaron? Yeah, yeah. Do we think Gasly's going to make the year? Yeah. Yes, at this point, yes. I, I, the fact that he survived the Austrian Grand Prix and was still there at Silverstone, yeah, I think he'll survive the year now. Because I don't think Red Bull have got anybody to replace him with. Kvyat. Yeah, but sure, that that would just be admitting your own mistake, surely. Well, that's that's what Red Bull do. They've done it already. They've done it already. Well, fair enough. Bringing back Brendan Hartley. <laughs> okay. All right. I think I think I'd like to talk. We've we've not got long left, so I'd like to just briefly mention the midfield because I think the midfield sort of bunching up a lot closer because we had we had Kimi in the mix. We had the Renaults looked at, at times a lot faster than the McLarens, who have who've been firmly planted in that fourth spot. What, what do you guys think of that midfield? How do you think it's fair? And do you think it's sort of like a uh, a situation where it's going to evolve every weekend, or do you think there's there's a certain pecking order that's emerging from it? Uh, I I love to see the McLarens back up, kind of where they should be. They're uh, making two three and qualifying regularly, at least with one car. Um, uh, I think the Renaults as well. Renaults are a bit mixed bag. They're like, you know, one weekend they're kind of on it. The next weekend they're kind of nowhere. Um, So, yeah, I think it's punching up. And then we, we've got, I keep calling them Force India, but I call it Racing Point now. But that's, they will forever be known as Force India if they still run the same colour schemes. You mean Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe you mean Midland F1. <laughs> Um, yeah, just I, I think the midfield is going to change race on race. Uh, like Alpha seems to be, you know, one weekend they're second last, the next one they're coming home in like eighth and seventh and ninth. Alpha are impossible to read where they really are. Um, Raikkonen has looked pretty actually brilliant this year. Um, I've always said Raikkonen tends to do better when he's driving kind of in the lead role at an underdog team. That seems to how where he fares best, and he's showing that at the mm. moment. Giovinazzi, he's had his ups and downs. Looks like he's getting the hang of Formula One now. Um, unfortunately, he had a mechanical failure on Sunday. But without that, I think Alpha could have finished eighth and ninth. And, you know, that would have had them ahead of, say, one of the Renaults, one of the McLarens. Uh, one of the Charles Russells. It's it's tight in the midfield, very tight. There's only about a tenth or so uh, between basically P4 and P7 in the teams. Do we know what the uh, mechanical failure was? Uh, no, they haven't gone into detail. I reckon it was something to do with the left rear drive shaft. Uh, I, I asked Alpha after the race, and basically the only answer I could get was mechanical failure with no details. Yeah, and just to go off that as well, I know um, we're half speaking in mid team, midfield teams again. You know, they did touch in in, in Silverstone. Um, yeah, no, they, they both retired, and it didn't look like they, they touched much, you know, and it didn't look like they went off. It, it, a small bit of wing damage, but both cars retired, and as well as it was a bit of a did they just retire for the sake of retiring? I know during the interview they said, oh, no, there was too much damage, but I, I couldn't see much damage. I don't know. Your opinion on it, Thomas? 
well, the floor was damaged on both cars from the punctures. So, yeah, that was what happened there. Haas, though, I think are probably, in terms of outright speed, still right up there, but they're not able to get the car to work. So I think they're doomed to finish probably about P8 in the constructors, um, okay. probably the, behind even Toro Rosso and Renault and McLaren, uh, but probably ahead of... They'll definitely finish ahead of Williams. I, I think I think everybody will will go ahead of Williams at this rate. Should we talk about the Willies? Because um, the signs of improvement in Silverstone, I think. They're still well off, but... About three and a half seconds a lap off. Yeah. yeah. An improvement is like, what, two tenths? They're still way off. Like, this. Uh, yeah, they're... I, I'm not seeing much hope for this year now, to be honest. Um, I, I can't see them closing in really any further. What about the rumor? Another rumor going back to love these these great rumors about um, Robert possibly moving team mid season. Yeah, that's the big one that he's off to not not mid season, but uh, because Claire Williams seems to be very um, adamant that he's going to be in the car for the rest of the year. And I spoke with a, a rep from PKN Orlen, oh. so I reckon he is going to stay there for the year. But next year he could be off to Haas alongside Magnussen. That's that's the other rumour that PK and Orlen are interested in sponsoring Haas and that they want to bring Kubica with them to Haas alongside Magnussen. Well, I think I think as well that, that conversation was had before uh, last weekend's drama. So we may have a change up in Haas uh, sooner than uh, than that was that, that kind of conversation was, was around. Would that be right, Thomas? That would that would have been before Haas kind of knocked each other off the track the weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I'm having trouble hearing you guys now. You're kind of popping and going now, so uh, I, I think I, I may say goodbye from here. Oh well, I was just about to wrap up because we have we have run out of time. Um, we we didn't have time to talk about Daniel Ricciardo's fixation with testicle hitting, and um, we didn't um, we didn't have time to reveal the Gunter Steiner swear count, but. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, you can check us out at formulaspy.com. Um, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash formulaspy, on Twitter on at formulaspy, and you can follow each of us on Twitter. Um, you can follow Thomas at Thomas Ma on F1. Yep. <laughs> it's easier said than spelled. Uh, easier said spelled than said. You can follow um, Aaron at... Aaron Day IE, that's Indigo Echo. Uh, and, and that's Aaron with 1A, Frank. That's what, uh, why is everything just complicated? And the least complicated Twitter handle, Frank Parker F1. And that's myself. So, from Aaron, from Thomas, and from myself, thank you for listening and goodbye, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. The Formula Spy Podcast. Music by Building Giants. Check them out on Spotify.